everyone. Welcome back to Buzzing About Romance. It is me, Becky. You just get me for this episode for the intro. No, Leah. But um, Happy New Year, and we are excited to have you guys back with us. I am super excited for this episode of Buzzing About Romance and Corsing Crown. With this episode, we are launching Corset and Crown into their very own Big Girl Podcast. No more baby buzzing about romance podcasts. They are going to be their very own podcast. So going forward, you will want to make sure that you like and follow the Corset and Crown podcast wherever you get your podcasts so that you can keep up with all the goings-ons of Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie and all their great historical book recs. Hello, Lady and Duchess. Hello. <laughs> um, Hello, everyone. <laughs> So this episode is pretty special, and not just because it's episode one of your very own historical romance podcast, but you also, we all do actually get to talk to one of your most favorite romance authors. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We stay cool most of the time. <laughs> you want to tell us about our legend of a guest, Katie? Okay, so tonight... We have with us a 2017 Romance Writers of America Nora Roberts Lifetime Achievement Award winner, as well as the 2016 Romantic Times Reviewer's Choice Award for Historical Romance and fellow Michigan State Spartan alumni, the amazing Miss Beverly Jenkins. So now on to our interview. Welcome to the podcast, Beverly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we are so this. excited. <laughs> to this, yes. So well, I like to start really traditionally, and I <laughs> always love to ask, what was it that made you fall in love with romance novels? What was your first romance novel? Oh, gosh, I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> I read, you know, I was one of those kids that read everything. You know, and I don't know if you've heard my, and I've told the story a thousand times. Um, I was one of those kids that read everything in the library, everything in the neighborhood library, from the kitty books to the teen books to the adult books. And then the adult books was where I discovered romance. Um, uh, Mary Stewart, uh, Victoria Holt, uh, Phyllis Whitney, you know, all of the, the English ladies, of course. <laughs> you know, that we sort of built this genre on a little bit. Um, but I've always loved a good love story. I mean, you know, I'm growing up, you know, being the age that I am and, and the race that I am, um, there was nothing in the mass market that reflected me. But I have four sisters and three of us are stair steps. So we loved a good love story. I mean, we loved the, the Doris Day and the Rock Hudson and the, the Jim Goddard <laughs> and, you know, and Natalie Wood and, you know, and all of that. And, um, you know, the, the episode on Star Trek when Spock fell in love, you know, how when he was in the, you know, that winter scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love that one. <laughs> no, the mayor from Uncle, all of that. And um, when I started, because the market was closed to people who looked like me uh, for the most part, I was just writing for me. You know, I was just writing this, this little love story for, for me. So I sort of stumbled into this and now <laughs> 27 years later and 
50 plus. I don't know how many books there are. 50 plus. <laughs> I know. 50 plus. I love you. <laughs> 50 plus. Um, I'm going to go speaking with you guys. So yeah, I'm having a good time though. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Well, and it's, it's just so, you know, it's nice to hear too that you just also just have a love of the written word. Like you just love to read, you know, it's not just something that no, um, no, you know I, that you're just like well, I think I'm gonna try this out but it's just like you know a lifelong thing yeah and you know and my mom read to me in the womb which you know, people didn't do back in you know 1950 when the earth earth was cool um, <laughs> way cooler because she'd, she'd been an avid reader um and <clears throat> you know she grew up in Detroit born and raised in Detroit and I was born and raised in Detroit you know mm -hmm. and back then when she was in high school the libraries were segregated. So she was unable, I mean, she could go to the library. I mean, and there were places in the South where black people were not even allowed in the building. But in Detroit, she could go in, but she couldn't take the books home. So okay. she would spend, you know, hours just sitting in the library reading, you know, as a teenager and uh, sort of passed that along to, to me and my, my six siblings. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah. yeah, I love I that. It, I think it helps when your mom is a reader too, because mine was also, yeah. you know, and it just that love of reading kind of passed down. And yeah, my dad was a reader too, but he was mostly science stuff. So I get my love for um, all things science from him. I think one because you know, I wanted to grow up and be a cytologist. <laughs> so you know, one of the first books I read was my dad's you know, biology, college text. So, you know, Brownian movement and all of that with the cells. So uh, I got a little bit of, of reading from both of them. That's good. It definitely helps. It I, I always like to know too, and this might be a little more of a challenging question considering the number of books that you have written so far, but do, is there anybody at least that you're remembering easily enough that was a hard character for you for you to write. They're all hard for me. <laughs> I don't think the only book that was like that basically wrote itself mm -hmm. was uh, "Bring on the Blessings." Okay, women's fiction book. Mm -hmm. That book basically wrote itself. But the other books, because you, number one, you don't want to duplicate what you did with the last book. Sure. You don't want to get people the same tropes. You don't want to get people the same flavor. So, you know, each of them, it doesn't get, you know, Bernie Jackson and I were talking about that the last time we were together. It don't get no easier. <laughs> Every book is difficult mm -hmm. because you want, you don't want to phone it in. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure there are, you know, people out there who, who do that, but I, you know, I don't want to be in that, in that number. Sure. Yeah, every every book is is difficult so that they don't speak the same. They don't do the same kinds of motions. They don't um, deal with situations, you know, the same. So sure. they're all difficult. And, you know, I'm loving this book that I'm doing right now. Um, and it's just full of tropes. I mean, <laughs> it's a trope. You know, we got one bed. We got friends to lovers we got Ooh. we got I mean you name it 
it's in this book. (laughs) You know, you want to try and do something different each time because that's what the readers want. I mean, they want our basic HEA and they want the tropes, but they don't want the same book you wrote last time. At least my readers don't, I don't know about anybody else, but you know, most (laughs) of us do not want the same damn book every time, so. It's true, it's very true. This makes me really curious because you have one of my favorite fictional families ever created, which is the Levesque, Ah, and there's all this massive generation, and they have sort of this common theme of piracy, but they're all very different. Did it it make it even harder to make sure they weren't carbon copies of each other, but stay true to that sort of tone? Yeah. Especially um, because you didn't necessarily write them in chronological order, if I understand the publication. I messed up. I messed up big time. When I (laughs) had to, okay, because Through the Storm came first, Mm -hmm. and then Winds of the Storm, and then Capture, which is basically the beginning of the dynasty, right? So when I wrote Rebel, which is uh, his name, his name, his book, Drake's. Drake. Drake. Yeah. I love, I love Drake. <laughs> I wanted to highlight the Freeman's Bureau. Mm-hmm. Because he was very, very active with that. But when you look at the dates of when the Freeman's Bureau started and when it, you know, ended, it was between Through the Storm and Winds of the Storm. So I'm like, okay, I'll just slide this book in between. Well, guess what? <laughs> I didn't account for, for Drake's poor Archer's wife. Okay. Didn't account for all of the stuff that happened. You know, and the readers are like, well, Miss Beth, where's Zara, who is Archer's wife? Mm-hmm. Well, if she's not in this, why is he married? And you know, it was just a mess. <laughs> you know, it was like trying to be too clever for my own damn good, right? So I apologize profusely because I got a ton of letters and a ton of emails and people asking me on Twitter and I'm like, I'm sorry. Do that ever again. If I do do it, I'll do it better. But I didn't take into consideration all the moving parts because a family's got a lot of moving parts. Yes. They got a lot of moving parts. Especially this family. Especially that family. Yeah. So. um, And baby math is hard. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I just, it was just me fucking up, you know, and, but, you know, as far as the characters, so, you know, I don't know, I guess I'm fortunate in that they all come to me differently. Mm -hmm. They basically have their own personalities. I don't really have to create them. I just have to listen to who they are. Um. Because Drake is different from Archer, and Archer is different from from uh, Ramon, and you know, and and the lovely Juliana is in charge of everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just a matter of, of 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 making sure that the the familial thread runs through it, and and what they stand for, and you know what they believe is consistent. But uh, all the guys are. They're pretty much their own character. So yeah. Now, mm-hmm. when you sit down to write, are you a plotter and planner, I, or are you a bit of a pantser? Do you just kind I, of? I'm a pantser. 
answer. You do it well, friend. I don't have an idea or a clue. Um, I am just starting to figure out what this book is about. (laughs) And it's due Friday? Yeah, 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 it was due last two weeks ago. Um, I'm just going to turn it in on Friday. Um, (laughs) My poor editor, I love her so much. She's so patient with me. Um, I knew basically what it was going to be. Um, if you've read um, the Destiny series, mm-hmm. Pilar is from a family of grifters in Cuba, mm-hmm. running those guns and yes. And and we when we see her, she's an old woman on the beach, dressed up as an old woman, right? Mm-hmm. So this family, this is the Moreau family, we're in New Orleans again. They are okay. the American branch. So they are true grifters. They've been grifting, you know, their entire lives without the gun running and all of that. So I knew it was going to be grifters. I knew it was going to be a little bit lighter than some of the stuff that I've written lately um, in tone. And, you know, I want to go back to, to the fun that we had maybe with Topaz. Yeah. So I knew what I wanted. I sort of knew how I was going to start, but that was it. I have nothing else so um it takes me and I've said this before when I start a book it's sort of like it's sort of like Moses being in the desert with the you know the Israelites you know wandering around not knowing where he's going that's that's me just hoping for the best just hoping (laughs) for the best knowing that the story will come to me eventually yeah as it always does but it's just a matter of you know, sitting my ass down and getting off Twitter and, um, you know, getting some work done. So Speaking of Twitter. I was going to say, I know Sadie's going to ask you about Twitter. Speaking of Twitter. <laughs> okay. You went a bit viral in 2020 on Twitter for a tweet that I quote says, call a dick a dick and keep moving. When <laughs> someone said, how do you come up with so many euphemisms? And honestly, I think I just really, one, needed to say, that might be my favorite thing that's ever happened on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. and, um, what, why, why do you enjoy Twitter or what do you would, how do you like to use Twitter to communicate with your readers and other I, authors? Cause I was another author. Yeah. I, I love the interaction. Um, I love the interaction. I mean, Twitter can be a schlag if you, you know, if all you do is political stuff. I try and, yeah. you know, I try and stay away from the political stuff unless I absolutely have to slap somebody. Um, sure. But I love the interaction. I love getting to know people. You know, I have never met a stranger. And I have a lot of interests. <clears throat> and all of the people who are on my platform, because you know, I don't have a real big platform compared to you know some people, but they all have their interests too. And so what interests me is what I put on my timeline. And people are like, where'd you get this from? Or where's this from? You know, it's, it's science, it's funny. It's called a dick a dick and keep it moving. <laughs> um, it's uh, the, 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 the letter that I wrote for uh, the second civil war three years ago that, you know, went viral. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I just have a lot of fun. Um, have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with social media, period. It's I have three Facebook pages. 
I'm posting um, hot men all week. Um, usually we do it. Important. Yeah, usually we do it one night. It's called hot chocolate, and it's their <laughs> it's their Christmas gift. But nice. I had I, I don't have the two hour window to to do it, so I've been just giving them <clears throat> a piece of chocolate a day. <laughs> Perfect. That's they're better having, anyway. Yeah, they're having a great time with it. So, you know, I just I just enjoy because you know when I started there was no internet you know so it was everything was snail mail uh, oh yeah letters um so I'm just having a good time with you know connecting with people that I don't know uh connecting with people who you know I may have known and, and have lost touch with uh -huh. so, and connecting with you know folks like y'all who I didn't know, you know. <laughs> well, it's great for us too, because it just makes, I mean, like you said, it makes something like this possible. Like, I mean, if you had asked Sadie or I like three months ago, if we were going to get to sit down and chat with you over Zoom, I would have been like, I can wish. You guys <laughs> you know? laughed at me, but you laughed at me when I'm like, we give me your laugh. wish list. I will see what I can do. Yeah. And they're like, what? I was like, just tell me who's top of your list. They're like Beverly Jenkins. Beverly Jenkins. I'm like, yeah. okay. What's the worst she's gonna tell me? No. Okay. I and I rarely do, which is why I'm always behind on stuff. Um, <laughs> I to say no. My agent's uh, like, stop it. Say no. <laughs> but, Thank you for not saying no to us. <laughs> you know, and you know, I, I rarely, rarely say no to to no, you know, what I call family, romance landia. Um because, you know, the connections are always good connections. So I've what? never been on a podcast or a Zoom where I just wanted to cuss somebody out. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> good to know, right? Right. And I like, really hope that we're not the first then. <laughs> uh, no, not, not, not even close. And I think we've seen kind of the power of Romance Landia in the last year with Stacey Abrams and all of the authors coming up behind her and saying, you need money to do what in Georgia? Let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's a small community and it's a powerful community. It really is. And um, the money that we raised for Chinsia a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, you know, was losing her home and yeah. losing her kids and. Probably $20,000 for her. And then I saw today, I think it's Library Journal, I think it was Library Journal, gave her latest uh, Book of Star review. So oh. life is life is working out for her, which is, you know, absolutely wonderful. So Amazing. yeah, the power of the power of the ATA. So. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, oh, my gosh. They give me chills. <laughs> it, it's a pretty cool community to be a part of. That is, yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got issues, but <clears throat> every family does. So. Every family does. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. As we oh head into gosh. the holidays, that's definitely the message to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I mean, we kind of talked about how you're at least you know you're working on your next book, and it's tropey goodness lots of tropes do you have any that are your favorite to um read or write like any just like top tier i know everybody's I'm like a, i love them all i'm a big marriage of convenience which is also in this book um marriage of convenience is probably my um probably my favorite trope okay 
<laughs> um, I love that. And if you look through my books, I have quite a few. Um, no, I was just looking, I was like, I'm trying to think about which ones were the most present in, in the stack that, especially that I've read recently. Yeah. I, <laughs> it was funny because we were having a conversation, I think on Twitter, of course, about um, <laughs> least favorite tropes. And I said, I don't like super babies. Don't like super babies. They're my favorite. And somebody said, Miss Babe, you've, re you've written a secret baby. I was like, no, I didn't. They're like, Destiny's Surrender? And I went, oh, shit. I said, it's not really a secret baby because, you know, she didn't know who the dad was. Yes. But, you know, that, that's, that's going to be my story and I stick it to it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm not a secret baby, okay. you know, kind of a girl. But give me marriage of convenience. Give me friends to lovers. Give me a good road trip and some mm -hmm. arms and, you know, and I'm good. Oh, I love that. Those are a bunch of my favorites too. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I'm uh, curious real quick, um, Beverly. So you published in 1994 <laughs> and Brenda Jackson came into the scene at 1995. So you guys have kind of spearheaded this way in a time when there were no voices yeah. like what, like yours um was it was it hard to break through i mean i mean i don't think it was any harder than you know because vivian stevens basically built the romance <clears throat> right today right when she was doing the um the candlelights uh, they had her in like a closet at dell so she had published Elsie Washington back in the early 90s, and she also published Sander Kent. So those were the two main, really, people who opened the door for me and, and, and Brenda. So I was the first at Avon. Brenda was in the second group, I think, of Arabesque, Walter Zacharias's uh, <clears throat> American imprint. But we all, me and the 1994 class of uh, Arabesque came out in 94. And I think it was Donna Hill and Betty Ford, Gwen Forrester. I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> you know, it's been a, little, a long time ago. Um, but we all came out in 94. We call it the Summer of Black Love because it was, it, it had such an impact on oh, the, yeah. you know. Um, your first Brenda, book was one of the first hardbacks I ever bought. I was really? senior oh in God. college, came out the summer. My mom was a huge historical romance. I picked that up and I was like, I'm getting this. I was like, I don't care. Grab it. <laughs> but it was one of the first like hardbacks I had to have. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a good, it was a good story. And then the guy on the cover, uh, Kendall McCarthy, uh, Brenda used him on one of her books and uh, oh, it was a woman's name out of Chicago. He was used again. Uh, we were like passing him around like candy, but I saw him and this is a story I had not, and I should have, I didn't, should have remembered this for the faded mates cat. Uh, faded mates episode. <laughs> I should have remembered this, but I didn't. Um, I found him 
he was he, he was doing a Ford um, motor car ad in essence before I even got published back when I was like okay if I ever write a book this is the guy I want in the cover his name was Kendall McCarthy I didn't know his name at the time so when Avon bought the book they were like well who do you want on the cover and I was like this guy right and they were like well do you know who he is and I'm like no they said well you should probably find him if you want him on the cover so I'm like okay I'm in my kitchen in Michigan you are a multinational corporation <laughs> you can probably find him faster but they didn't want to go into that so so I I looked at the <clears throat> uh, an African-American uh, advertising company out of Chicago I can't think of the name right now but I called him and said, do you know who this guy is? And okay, so the ad came out in like, I want to say 85. So oh my I'm, gosh. So I'm calling 10 years later, right? Yeah. I get this little girl on the phone and she says, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's an old ad. I don't know. I said, put somebody old on the phone. <laughs> so she wouldn't got somebody old right I guess age because I was in my 40s when I got published first and the sister on the phone said girl that's Kendall McCarthy and she gave me his his name I mean she gave me everything she gave me a shoe, shoe size everything you know everything except what color Doris wearing so dang yeah so she hooked me up with him and um he flew out to New York and did the cover he came in for my very first book signing and the women, they didn't care nothing about me. <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry, friend. They were walking over me to get to him, right? <laughs> so he had these beautiful, and he was a, um, he was an actor, worked for the LA uh, fire department also at the time. Oh gosh. So he, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. So he, <laughs> he had these black and white glossies of him that were just, I mean, the man is gorgeous. So one of my sisters worked for the IRS in downtown Detroit. <clears throat> so he autographed one of these beautiful glossies from my mom. And it said, to Dolores from Kendall. So my sister takes it to work. Every woman in that building made a copy of that. Of that. So you <laughs> walk through IRS, right? And everybody that's on their desk, to Dolores from Kendall. Her name is Dorothy. Her name is Ruth. Her name is... So oh, he was, it was, it was just an amazing, I mean, yeah, I should have told the story of Sarah and, and Jen, but anyway, <laughs> we'll so that's it. how the, I love the, it. The cover of, of your first hardcover, my first uh, hardcover ever came about. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, didn't used to spend a ton of money. I was a library kid. My mom, you know, was always like twice a week, we'd go to the library. So, and I read so fast that I yeah. didn't buy a lot of books. But sometimes the wait for books at my library would be too long, especially as yeah. I got a job and older. And I was yeah. Like, please, please. <laughs> She's like, give your own money, just buy it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So, kid too. Everyone should be a library kid. Library still kid. a library like, kid. I'm still a library kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the best gift you can give a kid, just a library card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. My teenagers uh, still like to go to the library. It's one of yeah. our weekly trips. They love it. So. Yeah. In your truly amazing career, um, as you said, the well, Romance Landia is a pretty powerful and amazing place. Uh, we are definitely not perfect. What do you, what has been your favorite change to see within the genre? And what do you hope to see the genre spearhead and move toward next? Okay, the changes that I've seen have been, and I'm, you know, I've, this is a rehearsed answer because I just had to answer this a, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Um, the first change is hardware because we started before computers. Mm -hmm. So everything was typed, um, cut and paste when you're doing revisions. I mean, you actually had to cut out the revisions and tape them onto the page and fold them up. Lots of white out, <laughs> lots of white out for typos. You had to put all those 500, you know, 400 pages in a box, mail them to New York, and then they'd mail them back. <laughs> so yeah, so that was one of the changes. Another change is um, the model. Not everybody now is, you know, blonde, blue, and a size six. Everybody gets to have HEA now. Um, the other change is the indie writers. Yeah. Big change. You know, and, and I always say this, you know, I take my hats off to them because of their bravery, <clears throat> of their tenacity. They learn the marketing. They learn to read the metadata. They learn to do the cover covers. They learn to do the distribution. And in doing so, um, made publishing take a, a hard, long look at itself. Um, not only about the money that was being left on the table, but who gets to have an HEA? Um, queer. They, no, there yeah. weren't queers, you know. If there were, they're only, you know, you can count them on one hand. So that to me was a big change, big change. And it has benefited romance because now it's looking more like the country yeah and more like the people who read uh everybody gets to love now because love is love that's right so so those are some of the <clears throat> for me monumental changes um and that black women are writing everything you know because when i started you know and also too how many branches there are on the the romance tree. Mm -hmm. When I started in 94, there were historicals, a few contemporaries, and suspense. That was it. Well, was and no most contemporary was category. Right, yeah. There was no, um, there was no suspense. There was no paranormal. Well, there's no paranormal. There was suspense. But all those different branches now, we got space romance. We got, you know, tentacle romance. We got, yeah. we got everything, which I think is fabulous. Because, Heck yeah. You know, mystery, <clears throat> mystery romances, um, which is why I think our, our genre is so, we sell so well. Because if you, if, if you can think of it, somebody in romance is writing it. Yes. Um, no matter what it is, 
So, yeah, there truly is. There truly is something for everybody. And I, it's, it's nice even in the last like year or so, I mean, more in the last year or so where the pool has become bigger for those sort of quote unquote niche Mm -hmm. type of, uh, you can say Minotaur. It's okay. (laughs) For Minotaurs or spiders or other things that Sadie and monster love. Yeah. Monster love. Monster love. Monster love. I, I haven't gotten too far into that. I'm like, I'm tiptoeing in very slowly. Yeah. And some people Kate, are trying to push me in. Yeah. Katie Robert Sadie. gave me a spreadsheet. So of monster romance. I, I have a spreadsheet. I love her. <laughs> great. I adore she's, her. She's, she's a great friend. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so what do you hope to see romance do next? Like, keep, keep have we peaked? Nope. I don't think so. I would like for us to keep expanding, mm-hmm. um, opening the door more. I would like to see more diversity in publishing. Um, I'd like to see a lot more editors of color. You know, I've been great. I've been blessed to have had absolutely am- amazing editors. And most of them have been women of color. Um, I'd like to see, you know, if I had a magic wand, we'd have our own network. And it would have nothing on it. We'd have romance Netflix. And the only thing that would be on it would be a thousand different romances. Um, because, That's the dream. Oh, That's yeah. the dream. I mean, we got the content. We have the content. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, um, and we wouldn't have stupid relationships like, you know, Hulk and what's her face <laughs> and the Avengers. And I'm like, really? Yes, what y'all doing? Because, um, you know, they, they really need some romance writers in these writer rooms. Uh-huh. They really, really, really do. So, just <clears throat> someone who has feelings. <laughs> someone yeah. who has feelings. Somebody who knows what a relationship is. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe talk to someone yeah. in a romantic yeah. context. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. So yeah, we'd have our own, you know, Netflix romance channel. So that'd be amazing. I think that. that. <clears throat> Shonda Rhimes' phone number. She would definitely be on board. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's, she's doing Bridgerton, so. She's doing Bridgerton. Yeah. So yeah, but there's somebody else that just picked up Kennedy Ryan's grip series and her um her long shot series too. Yeah. Um a produ- production company. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. That it picked is. up the grip series and the basketball series. So and somebody just picked up um uh Vanessa Riley's in fact she's part of the Bridgerton group. Yeah. Uh, just picked up Vanessa Riley's uh, Island Queen. Mm. Um, really? I'm, I'm still waiting on Sony for Forbidden. We thought, yeah. we, we thought we had a green light and uh, then the, you know, the pandemic hit and the people who were so, you know, enthusiastic about it <clears throat> sort of all went their separate ways. So back on the block, but, you know, it's, it's, it's promising, but it's just not fast enough for me, you know. There's right. so many people out here who want to read, who want to see romantic movies, um, and you know, and they're getting like a drop. Nicholas Sparks. 
Ugh. Yeah, they're getting Nicholas Sparks. Hey, yeah, which... why do we have to talk about the devil? Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Thou he sh- who shall not be named. He, he shall, not, shall not be named. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> him, you know. But yeah, I think we could. I think we would be very, very appreciated if we had our own channel, our I agree. own production company. You know, I so. agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, and I, I watched. I don't know, probably about two years ago, I watched the, it was on Amazon, the Love Between the Covers documentary oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. I mean, you were a huge feature in that. And like, <laughs> I went into it knowing what it was supposed to be about, but I had no idea. And I was just like, <sighs> yeah, Lori <Lauren, laughs> did a great job with that. She that did was a- so cool. And the, the things that you were doing with your readers and everything like that, like, I, I'm, I'm like, I had no, I, I had no idea. Like, for me, all I, all that existed was, was the books. Was and the that book. was my, like, was my access, yeah. you know? And I'm just, I'm just sitting here, like, just amazed at how many, like, I had no idea that there was a kiss con. There was like a, a convention yeah. dedicated yeah. to romance. Yeah. And I was just like, there's just, there's so much that, yeah. that is being done that can be done that isn't really talked about at, in great detail outside of the community of romance, the Romance Landia community. Yeah, um, <clears throat> talk with um, Romantic Times. Um, mm-hmm. Her uh, conventions, I started, I mean, she's, I went to my first one in probably 95. So she had been doing this, you know, for quite some time. Some time, yeah. And every year it got bigger and bigger and bigger. She had the Mr. Romance contest and that was always a hoot. Uh, <laughs> it was like oh my god you know and, and women just got no shame you know just it, you just go and, and, and hopefully you got a drink because it's gonna be <laughs> but but yeah I mean I did the, the the PJ parties and Brenda Jackson did a and still does uh cruise every two years for her readers oh that's awesome a lot of a lot of writers you know this is how we built community because you know we we weren't getting a lot of that kind of stuff from the publishers so you know you had to go especially if you were just like you know a a middle writer like like me and everybody else I knew um you had to do your own marketing Mm -hmm. this was a mid list that's the word I want mid list I ain't got but two working brain cells, y'all. <laughs> mid-list. I'm you pretty know, sure you're not mid-list anymore, Miss Bev. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? There's a lot of people who love Miss Bev, but there's a whole lot of people that don't buy Miss Bev. Um, Everybody needs to go buy Miss Bev. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you did, you wind up going and doing these, and they were a lot of fun. And you hooked up with writers that you never would have met, you know, had you not gone to, to, to Catherine Fox, uh, you know, she was one of my biggest supporters at the beginning and I will always love her for that. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff going <clears throat> on inside the tent. Yeah. That people outside the tent don't know about. And Lori did such a good job with that documentary. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like you said, people were like, whoa, that's what they're doing? Yeah. Look at all those women. No, no, that kind of, um, So, yeah, lots going on. Lots going on. Oh, it's all it just good made stuff. Me, it made me so happy because I was just like, I felt for so long, like, 
I know Sadie and my, myself at least too were we're kind of like closeted romance readers for a very large portion of like the beginning of our romance journey and then seeing all these people just like loving it out loud mm -hmm. and for every I mean that's how this podcast happened for us and that's how the, the bookstagram pages on Instagram started for us just because it was like okay there is a community and we're missing out on it so like let's just jump in first yeah it's delightful here in romance landia <laughs> it really is really you're is. not alone though katie because i've been a romance reader really since 1991 you know mm -hmm. i picked up my first jude Devereux and never looked back have always promoted it friends ask what i'm reading i was never like hey i'm I don't know what I'm reading. Don't look. Um, <laughs> I've always told people, you know, you should be reading Judith McNaught. You should be reading Joanna Lindsay. Right. Um, and, but it's, I only joined Bookstagram at the end of 2019. And really the pandemic helped me realize that there was this whole group of crazy, amazing, wonderful people and authors that I was missing out opportunities for. So mm -hmm. it's, even though you think you're closeted, you're not, you, yeah. you just, came to the I'm not party. anymore I'll tell you what <laughs> I won't. you can't I, get me to I, shut correct. up about it <laughs> now yeah, that's fair we love you we love you <laughs> we, we love it we love enthusiasm around here yeah um so I was gonna ask you write both contemporary and historical as well as novellas and full-length novels you just published rare danger in November which was super fun steamy contemporary with literally like a airplane and a helicopter and it was a wild good time um, <laughs> do you uh, do you have a what do you enjoy about bouncing back and forth between lengths and okay. historical and contemporary and women's fiction it, get, it helps me clean my palate that way i don't get in a rut <clears throat> and i have to thank um my publisher and my editor, even though they didn't do Rare Danger, Rare Danger was done by Montlake. Um, all the other, you know, genres and stuff that I do, to have a publishing company that supports that and that trusts your writing enough to say, sure, go ahead and play in that sandbox. We're going to head. <laughs> a lot of publishers will pigeonhole you. Yeah. Say, no, you can only write this. No, you can only write that. Um, but I have been blessed by Avon in the sense that, you know, they let me write YA and they let me write suspense and they let me write historicals and, and, and novellas. Well, I did the novellas for, for Kimani. Um, Cause I can only write full length, full length stuff for them, for, for Avon. But, you know, and you know, it helps to have a good agent too. Um, yeah. Can hook you up with all these different opportunities. So I'm having a good time. I mean, I'm, I'm 71 in two months, you know, so, you know, I'm looking at, you know, I got less time ahead of me than that guy behind me. <laughs> but, um, I'm still having fun. I'm still, I, I still got this dragon book I've been lying to my readers about for the last 20 years and I'm going to do because I'm a big fantasy reader. You know, I'm a big Alona Andrews, Pat Briggs, Jim Butcher kind of girl. And um, some fun names. <laughs> and I've always said that if I could only read one author for the rest of my life, it would be Alona Andrews. Um, Alona and Gordon are just amazing. I love their stuff. So I'm, you know, blessed to be able to do all these different 
you know, sandboxes um, and have a good time. You know, and I love doing the contemporaries because I can blow shit up. You know, I'm always <laughs> blowing stuff up in my in my romantic suspense. I've got one. Uh, which one is it? Edge of Dawn. Edge of Dawn. I got <laughs> titles with the word Dawn in them. I don't remember. Anyway, it's the second in the Detroit series. Okay. Uh, yeah, Edge of Dawn. The other one's before the dawn. Edge of Dawn. And there's a scene where the heroine drives a uh, a Cadillac SUV through the front of a 7-Eleven. And so my daughter's like, when are we going to make this movie? I have got <laughs> to see this woman drive this, you know, this Cadillac through the front because she's got to save the hero, right? Yeah. I want to see her. You know, her name is Narice. I want to see Narice drive through the front of 7-Eleven and, you know, just trash the place to, you know, and there's a bunch of helicopters and, and bombs and, you know, jets and that, in that story too. So, yeah, I could have a lot of fun in contemporary, so. Yeah, there's a little more, there's a little more freedom and wiggle room in a contemporary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, this, the, Wild Rain was. You've been wait. You have been so good keeping this to talk, yourself. This whole talking time about here. not shutting up about something for yeah. an entire freaking year. Yeah. <laughs> that top three book of 2021 for me. I, I just, I mean, I have three copies. I couldn't stop. Like I was just like, this is this is the this is the book for me. Um. I love what you did so much with their happily ever after. Like, I, I just, I, I just have to like gush about it a little bit and thank you for that story because that was like, that was like a heart book, like a soul book for me this year. Oh, I'm glad and you it. I just, I was like, spring is goals. She just is. And I remember, I don't know if you said it on Twitter or if you had mentioned it somewhere else, but that he was one of your, or the only quote unquote cinnamon roll that you've ever Yeah, the first written. Yeah, he's the first one. Usually my man have a lot more swagger. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was an interesting book in the sense that I knew she was not going to have kids in the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have a book club meeting with my readers with each book and, you know, we may have 300 women show up for, for the book club night. Damn. One of the, and, and, you know, and, and we had two different camps. Sure. We had the camp that they said, Miss Bell, we were holding our breath, hoping she wasn't going to change her mind. And when she didn't, is wonderful. Yes. And then you had the camp that was like, we never thought about women who didn't want kids. You know, and I always try to make it a safe place so they know yeah. that they express themselves. You know, and I had women who said, don't write another book like this. <laughs> you know, with the love, they said it with love. They said, because <laughs> we want the the traditional HEA, which is okay. Sure. I, you know, I probably I may not do that. <laughs> now, they know that, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna row my own boat. But 
And then you had the ones who said, well, she should have given him a baby because of the whole slavery issue. And I said, well, if he wanted a baby that badly, like his mother said, get on, stay on the train. Find you somebody who you can have a child with. But he loved Rain more than that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. So there are, there's a whole demographic in Romance Landia who don't want kids. They should be allowed to have an ATA or whatever. And there are a lot of people who don't want a traditional ATA. So Rain hit all those spots. Yes. For me, you know, she was amazing. Uh, so rare in historic romance yes for there to be female characters or male characters who are comfortable being childless at the end Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of five that I've read where they're it's not like well they might in the future it was like we're not going to have children this is a hard line and I really I think like Katie like this was an amazing read and at the end I was just like Oh, because she she was going to give up this person that she loved so much because she knew that deep in her soul, she was just not, it was not her. Mm-hmm. And I just so loved that. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful. And it's so rare in historic romance to see that. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, we, we, and we, you know, we had the discussion too. And there were people who said, well, you know, I, for me, it's not a romance. It's, there's not babies at the end. And I'm like, well, you know what? You're going to have to read something else because, <laughs> you know, Storm is, I mean, Storm, Ryan is <laughs> not going to have any babies. Um, like I said, when she made her appearance <laughs> in Tempest, yes, already knew. <sighs> I knew she wasn't going to have kids. I, I didn't know she was going to be the next book, but I got so much mail and I was so intrigued by her. I wanted to hear the whole story myself. Because like I said, I'm a panther, so I didn't know what the hell happened to her. (laughs) Well, and Tempest is another absolute favorite. um, Just because, how can you not love Reagan? Like, I mean, come on. Like, it's it just gives the, I mean, and I read a a couple other books this year that had non, non, quote unquote, non-traditional HEAs. Still had an HEA, but it didn't. I just love the, the idea that their happiness, their forever does not hang on the linchpin of a, of a child, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, I don't have any problem when that happens, especially if I'm expecting it throughout the book. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah. it's a point. It never was for spring. Yeah. And I think, I think the compromise was just, uh, it wasn't, I don't even feel like it was because that was, that was his decision the whole time. Like yeah, after yeah. he got off the train, you know, it's just, oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about, we talked about it, Sadie and I did earlier this year. Like we did a whole episode about wild rain because we picked books for our birthday month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're reading wild rain. Like I already read it, but I want you to read it right now. So, yeah. <laughs> cause it was important to me. Um, and I just, I can't thank you enough for, for writing that story. You know, I just enjoyed it. You know, a, just, lot of, a lot of women, re- it resonated with a lot of women. Yeah. It with a lot of women because mm-hmm. we have that demographic um, in Romance Landia who are comfortable and pleased and okay with the choices that they've made. Yep. And I had to make a, a, a distinction and said, no, this is not for women who are medically unable. 
This is for women yeah. who have chosen to remain childless because that's what they want to do. Not everybody want kids. Right. I have kids, yeah. somebody don't want kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> I got teenagers. There are days. There are days. I want to bury them in the backyard. I, I just said the other day, I said, can we put these to the curb and put free on it? And my husband said, no. Please take them. Yes. Somebody get it out. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, everybody deserves an itch mm -hmm. That's what the expansion of romance has been about. So the women who don't want kids, they get to, they get to love too, at least in my world. Yes. No, and I've read a couple authors this year on the contemporary side, because that's the side that I tend to do more of, of they don't get married. And either the female or the male is very honest with the other person that I never plan to be married. I will be committed to you, but right. I don't need that civil paperwork to say that I'm with you. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I am absolutely yeah. okay with that. I'm okay with no yeah. kids. Um, yeah. Because everybody deserves an HEA. Everybody yep. deserves what whatever role they pick. That's what they deserve. So, mm -hmm. well, I'm so, glad you enjoyed Wild Rain. Go ahead, babe. I was going to ask you what is next for you. Yes, uh, Grifter book. If I could ever get it finished, <laughs> it's, called, um, it's called "To Catch a Raven." <coughs> Hold on. That's okay. <laughs> gonna. I mean, I like a good grifter, so. Mm -hmm. I mean. Her name is Raven, and so it's called To Catch a Raven. And then after that, I have to finish up uh, book 11 for the Blessing series. This was supposed to come out this year, but last year was so awful. Yeah. That, um, to put it off. So I've got to finish that because it's going to come out next Christmas for 22. And then I have one more book on the blessings contract you know three book what was originally going to be a three book series is now book 12 so <laughs> i'm to finish that and then i don't know what i want to do i mean i this is the last uh, raven is the last women who dare in the, in the women who dare series mm -hmm. so i don't know if i want to take a break if i want to you know i've been lying about this dragon book i've also been lying about um adding a full story to the Detroit series because there's five of those books and there's a a character that the women have been like um when are we getting his story and I keep telling them soon 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 and they're like yeah you're telling us that for 10 years so I want to get that out of the way because I'm anxious to finish that too so I don't know you know who knows I'm a fancer <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, yes. We'll get something. I just don't know what it's going to be yet. We just don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah, oh what gosh. it's going to look like. Yeah. That's fine. It's more fun that way. It is. It is. Have you <laughs> ever looked back at a book and been like, oh, I wouldn't have done that? Or like, no matter how much time passed? Outside of Rebel, no. No. I, you know, I, I really screwed that up. Um, outside of Rebel, no. You know, and, and I'm always... Um, not impressed by my books. You know, I, I didn't think uh, 
Before the Dawn was very good. So we have book club once a month and we, we're going through the backlist now. You know, this will take us like four years to get all these books read. <laughs> and this is like round three of all the books. So when we did Before the Dawn for the first time, you know, four or five years ago, I was like, this book is pretty good. <laughs> and the readers were like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, like, we've been trying to tell you this forever. You don't write bad books. And I'm like, I don't know, y'all. They're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so trust your readers, Miss Bev. Yeah, you know, so going back and then and, and reading books that, you know, and just like with um Nighthawk. Okay, these women harassed me for years about doing a book for preacher. Okay. If you read Topaz, where he's no, Jesse Rose. Jesse, yeah. Where yeah. he shows up for the first time. Mm -hmm. He is so underwhelming to me. <laughs> you know, and these women are going on and on. And my girlfriends are like, why the hell they want to book with him? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so as the the clamoring continued, I was like, okay. <clears throat> so I gave him a, a Beverly Jenkins makeover in order to make him more less underwhelming or more overwhelming <laughs> or whatever um, because I was just so unimpressed with him but they were like oh my god he's a bounty hunter he's I'm like what is wrong with y'all you know so, so I, you know I don't know I, I I have a whole different take on my work I think than than my readers do but their opinion matters a lot more than mine so <laughs> smiling i think it's really funny that you say rebel is the one you messed up on because that was my first book by you i read and then i promptly just devoured a bunch the rest of that summer <laughs> me too but i was like drake lavec you are something you give gifts like nobody gives gifts oh, you built her a school yeah, galen gives the gifts though from indigo yeah oh my yes. god you know he gives the gifts but they all give gifts i mean michael Chandler. They're all over the top. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, and I don't know if you guys have read any of the contemporaries or not, but the contemporary characters are the descendants of the historical characters. So Mike Chandler in um, Age of Midnight mm -hmm. is a descendant of Galen and Hester. And he's the same way. He's just, you know, <laughs> She wants to go to Sears, and he's like, "We are not going to Sears. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you this fur coat, you know." And she's a, a, a neighborhood activist. She's got a little um, uh, community center, and she's like, "What are you doing? What are you? What is? What is it with this money?" You know? <laughs> he's like, "She said we could go to Sears." He's like, "No, we're not going to Sears." You know, so I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Good. It's so we're awesome. having fun too. We're having fun with you. So. Yes. <laughs> Whatever's happening, it's great. Right, I mean, well, you're doing something right because you got readers that love you and devout readers that, yeah. you know, grab your books as the moment they can, including Miss Katie and Miss Sadie over there. <laughs> you guys are gonna have to, you know, I have I have a um I have three Facebook pages. And one I think of them on one, but it's not the one that gives out chocolate every day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the wrong one too, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, that one did. We don't have any room, more room for that one. 
but we do have a spoiler room <clears throat> um, because when, okay, take rare danger for example. When that dropped at midnight on the 16th, at 6 a.m. on the 17th, there were people that wanted to talk about it because <laughs> they inhaled it overnight, right? Especially uh -huh. the little one. So I don't allow spoilers on the page. So rather than um, have the spoilers, <coughs> give them their own room called the, the BJ Spoiler Room. And they can go in there and they can talk and I, you know, give them peeks at stuff and, and all of that. Um, I will have to get, okay, I got your two names here. I think we got room in the, in the, the chocolate room. <laughs> Let me write the chocolate down. room. Send me, so send me a couple friend requests. There you that. go, ladies. That. You, have, you have been given permission to send friend requests to Miss Beverly Jenkins on the Facebook. <laughs> okay, so I, mean, yes. I, I, got, I I have her email, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are so funny. Um, Katie, what's your last name? McCurley. Okay. M-C-C-U-R-L-E-Y. Is that who you are on Facebook? That's who I am on Facebook. Okay. I'm Sadie Hope, though. Sadie Hope? Okay. All right. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so we're going to say thank you to Miss Bev for joining us for this episode. It is um, kind of ran a little long, but that's okay. This is fantastic. It's been a great conversation. Um, thank you so much for giving us your time and coming on the podcast and talking about your books with us. Um, we are all such big fans and we appreciate yes. you. Don't stop writing. Whatever you do. Oh, yeah, ever. ever. Don't yes. <laughs> no <laughs> thank retirement. Thank you so much for having me. This has been way fun. Way too much fun. Had Thank a great time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> So that was a complete honor to get to sit in on that uh, interview with Miss Beverly Jenkins. She is amazing. That's that's what I hear. I'm so excited for you to get to listen to that episode. Um, and the reason we did that episode the way that we did is because the Duchess and the lady are getting their own podcast. They are getting their own podcast. It's very yes. exciting. It is very exciting. So if you are enjoying our historical romance content that we've had over the last couple months here on Buzzing About Romance, you'll want to make sure you follow the Corset and Crown podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also find episodes on their website at corsetandcrown.com. So. They have their own website and everything. Like they have the real deal now. They are That's the so real exciting. deal. Okay, so... Coming up, we are doing a special quick shot of romance episode. We are hosting our first ever Buddy Read quick shot. Our first selection will be Indigo Ridge by Daphne Perry. So read the book along with us. Send us any thoughts, quotes, or questions you have about the selected title um, via our Google form, which you can find, I believe, on our website. Yep, it's the article is pinned to the top of our website, so you can just go on it and so you can send them via the Google form, email, or voice memo us. So, and then we will ask those questions while we're, Rachel and Becky are doing Indigo Ridge. So they will answer all the questions that you have about the book. Yeah. So it can be discussion points or thoughts you had about characters or plot mm -hmm. points within the story. If you have thoughts about them that you want to bring to our attention, that you think we should 
be discussing, you can just leave those again. Email form, go on the website, fill out the form, add them there. Or you can email us a voice memo and we will drop the voice memo mm-hmm. into the episode. Yes. So. so make sure you have those into us by January 8th. And you can find more details on the website or you can email us if you have questions also. Yeah. And so I think this is something we're going to try over the next couple months. We'll have one a month. Mm-hmm. So if we'll you have a title, yeah, if you have a title you think we should be group reading, buddy reading, Love send it to us. Okay, Leah, what's your book of the week? My book of the week is Pretend You Want Me by Cynthia Eden. It is book number 13 in her Wild Ways series, which I just love that series. Um, It's a romantic suspense, what a surprise, book that blends two of her series together. So if you have not read her yet, she is very, very good. I have not read her. You should. I should. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So mine is Fractured Heart by L.M. Delgesh. If I butchered that name, I am sorry. I went on the YouTube to a name pronunciation video and that's how they pronounced it. So it's okay. I don't, I couldn't pronounce that one by looking at it. So that's why I asked, are you sure? (laughs) It's book one in the fractured band series. It's a rock star romance. It is in Kindle unlimited. Um, It's a really great second chance at love not a second chance mm. couple. Um, and it's it's really a for rock star romance, it's kind of low angst and it's about loving through grief and finding love again. Um, and I really I like enjoyed it. Like that. Yeah, it was really good and it wasn't as angsty. They were very mature. Um, I couple. do love that. So it was not the, you know, let's do drugs and rock and roll and drink and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It was very. I'm an um, adult. Like we're I can handle these things. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So coming up, we will be live on the YouTube with Julie Salmon on January 3rd. And we are celebrating the release of Dr. Mistake. It is book two in her Boston Billionaire series. This is Carter Fritz's book and it is amazing. I cannot wait to hopefully get some insight as to Landon's book coming up and Mm -hmm. talk with her about this series. Spill the tea about all the Fritzes. Wouldn't that be great? Um, It would be awesome, but she probably won't because there has to be some sort of mystery. Right. Uh, So, you know, we've come to an end of our Clear the TBR Challenge um, that we hosted since the end of October until Mm -hmm. the end of 2021. And the challenge has been great. It was, there was great participation. People really enjoyed it. Some people cleared 40 books off their TBR. That's a lot. Shout out to Nikki who did that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but one of the great things that we started doing as part of the Clear the TBR challenge were these weekly group reads and discussions in our Discord server. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to stop doing this. No, they have gone really well and it has been really engaging. Some weeks we have a lot of people answering questions and asking questions and some weeks we have just one or two, but it works because people seem to like them. So we want to keep doing them. So um, we are going to continue to do two a month and the first one of 2020 is going to be Sleet Kitten by S.J. Tilly. Um, Mm -hmm. This is in Kindle Unlimited. 
The discussion will be hosted by myself and Heather, otherwise known as Minnesota Hockey Mom. So make plans to join us um, on January 12th uh, in our Discord channel to talk about Sleep Kitten. And if you forget those dates, you can always check up on the website. We will have them posted on upcoming events. Yeah, it's um, events across the top. Oh, is it just events? It's not upcoming events, just events? I, I don't remember. Something events. Okay. So, so we appreciate our Patreon supporters and we would not be able to bring the podcast without you or them. We currently have four open tiers on Patreon. We have one that starts at $5 a month and include membership to our drunk book club, which is one of the best nights of the month and exclusive content in an effort to help support the launch. We are adding a fifth tier that will be for all those that are loving the Corset and Crown podcast. We also have updated our goals and we would love your help in helping us reach those goals. Our first goal is to reach 40 Patreon members. And once we, once we reach that, we will do another amazing epic giveaway because you know, Becky and I love to do giveaways. Love a giveaway. Kind of our thing. Our huge big goal is 500 Patreon members. And as of right now, um, Becky and I, we don't draw any income from the podcast. We do this because we love to do it. Um, everything we make from Patreon goes right back into the podcast. It pays for like everything, the giveaways, putting the podcast out to you, um, paying for equipment, mailings, everything. So once we hit 500 Patreons, the podcast will employ employ me. Yes, that is our goal to employ Leah. Um, The goal is to help us turn our passion project into our careers. But so we would love for that to happen. But again, we are still going to do it. So do not fret. Like we are still going to come back. We're not giving it up. It's just a big goal to have um, so that people realize it's just kind of a good reminder that one, hey, this is passion and we're doing it because we love it, but there are costs that come to doing the podcast mm-hmm. and on top of doing the podcast and reading and researching and everything for that, we both have day jobs. We do. <laughs> and there would be a level of helpfulness if one of us didn't have a day job. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, Drunk Book Club is coming up on Saturday, January the 15th. Um, This is an exclusive part of our Patreon. So if you want details on how to become a member of Drunk Book Club, you can find them on our website. We are reading Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. Uh, Patreon voted. Patreon picked the theme. We are reading our first mafia romance. Mm -hmm. Um, And excitingly, Sophie will be joining us for the evening. So if you're interested, again, you can find details on how to join on our website. On the website. So it is a new year and a new challenge. So we are breaking up our reading challenge for 2022. Instead of, <laughs> excuse me, instead of doing a year long challenge, we will host three big challenges this year. This first one is the new, we're going to do a new to you author challenge, summer reading, which is not going to be quite as crazy as last, this past year's summer reading. We are going to have gonna like some semblance of control. Yeah. I mean, there's still going to be chaos because it's us, but controlled chaos. We're going to try and rein it back just a little bit. And then we're going to continue our clear the TBR challenge, but it's going to be a little more structured. Right. (laughs) Becky is not going to be left unsupervised. (laughs) 
Um, during this, we will likely sprinkle in some other smaller challenges throughout the year, especially if Becky is left unsupervised because true story, it's what happens. But our first challenge is running from January until March, April, March through March. Through March, it is the new to you author challenge where we are challenging everybody to read two brand new authors to you each month. So this is the time to do it. If you want details, they are on the website because yep. that's where we put everything. Or you can email us and ask us any question. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> if you have a topic you think we should be talking about or a book we should be uh, featuring on any of our Buzzing About Romance episodes, please feel free to send us an email at thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Uh, we are always interested in what you think we should be talking about and, you know, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so next time, Leah is taking, I'm taking the seat. Over. No, well, you're taking the seat as the <laughs> drafter I am. instead of being the referee. It's true. I am not refereeing because Becky yells at me, but also because this is my wheelhouse. So it is time to build the ultimate special ops team podcast podcast contributors Rachel and Heather are joining me and we are going to go head to head as we build the ultimate romantic suspense book boyfriend special ops team so if you want details you'll have to tune in but let me tell you there's going to be a lot of awesome books in right. this episode I, it's a team of what six or seven you guys have to do <clears throat> I believe six so a team of six so six times three it's mm -hmm. potentially 18 wrecked books so but but also all of these books are in series. So you're welcome. Okay. It's going to be great. It's going to anyway, be amazing. Thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Um, happy 2022. And we look forward to having you along with us on this journey. So until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.